welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I am joined by some of my favorite editors from our sister publications, and we are going to download about this month's High Point Market. While attendance was down as expected, orders were being written, people were purchasing. I spoke to one small boutique company who told me that the action this market has given them a renewed sense of confidence and zest to move forward. For our team of editors at Bridgetower Media, attending the October market was not mandatory. Our editorial director, Bill McLaughlin, said it was a personal decision. For those of us who live locally, we live for the market and for covering it whenever it's open. And we followed all the guidelines and conquered it from our respective viewpoints. The panel of editors that you'll meet today include, from Furniture Today, senior editors Powell Slaughter and Thomas Russell, who specialize in upholstery and case goods, respectively. From Casual Living and Furniture Today, editor Addie Elliott. And from Home Accents Today, digital editor and managing editor, Thomas Lester. We chose to record on Zoom where we could see each other's faces so we didn't all blurt out at the same time. From the editors of Furniture Today, Casual Living, Home Accents Today, and me, please enjoy our Fall 2020 High Point Market Download. All right, guys, I am so excited to compare notes with you from the market that just ended two days ago. So I bet you all heard from every single person that you encountered, wow, this is a weird market. This is such a different market. Um, I got a little bit tired of that, but I also heard really good things, such as people are here to buy. I've met designers that I've never seen before. I'd love you each to share something that was different and great that you heard from people that you were talking to at market. So, um, Powell, I'd love to start with you. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, we're sitting here talking about market, but in reality, what we looked at this fall was an entire market season, beginning with pre-market, um, carrying over with the high point by design effort, um, and all the way into market. We got a lot of people figuring out how to do new ways to do business. Um, you know, instead of complaining, I think people are really taking the bull by the horns and working out ways where they can get product in front of retailers and designers. And also, the big issue right now is meeting demand and flowing product. And that's what a lot of the conversations I heard were about. All right. Thomas Lester. Yes. What'd you hear? Um, A lot of the same things. I actually just got done with a video with uh, James Franks from Crestview Collection. And um, what he told me was, yeah, you know, the buyer count was 
you know, it, it was down overall and everybody expected that. But proportionally, the orders that those in attendance wrote were much higher than what one might expect from a typical market. And, you know, a lot of vendors everywhere said, you know, yes, they did have new things, but a lot of the customers that came in said, you know, you know, show me what I can have on my floor here in the next three, four weeks or so. In, in a story that I did, I talked to uh, Satya Tiwari from Surya, and he said, you know, he, anyway, he hates the term new because, you know, if it's new and if it's not relevant to that particular customer, it doesn't matter. So he, he chooses to go with the term relevant. So, you know, that way, you know, even if it's new, if it's not, if it's something that matters to that particular customer, you know, there's a connection that can be made. I love that. I love that. Thomas Russell, what about you? What were you hearing? Jane, uh, thank again. Thank you for doing this podcast. It's a good opportunity for all of us here to share what we saw. And I loved it how at the market authority meeting, you know, where everybody said, well, we we had a market and everybody clapped and applauded. (laughs) I think that was the overall sentiment that I felt at market, even though we knew everybody said attendance was down. That was a given. Um, not really necessarily the news, of course, but with the most interesting, one of the more interesting things I heard was that um, due to a lot of the efforts from the spring with market being canceled in April um, and, you know, we had the mini market in June, we had pre-market, there's been a lot done virtually between now and then. And one of the more interesting things I heard from Bill Dominguez at New Classic Furniture was dealers were coming in and saying, okay, well, show me what it was I bought, what it was I ordered. (laughs) And that's that's sort of an unheard of scenario. But like at Baker, you know, they're going to probably be going into their fifth cutting. Mike Jolly and Erica Wenga were telling me yesterday on Baker Lux. That's just based on people that have bought it mostly without seeing it. Yeah. That's amazing, especially when we're talking about, you know, higher price points. Yeah. Right. Sure. Abby, what about you? What what did you hear? Did you hear anything different? So I guess the story was really similar for manufacturers, but because of my work with Furniture Today, I got to speak to a lot of retailers during this market and, you know, in these couple of days following. And the big story for them really was they were super grateful, A, for the folks that came out you know, if they were going to be there, they were really glad to have their partners out. Obviously, they were understanding if folks had chosen not to show at all, but they were really grateful for the folks that were there. And they were really, really grateful for the opportunity, especially some of the smaller guys, to have time with, I guess, kind of more higher ups in their manufacturers. A lot of folks said that they met owners for the first time with folks that they've been doing business with for like 10 plus years, simply for the fact that Everybody had a little more time. The showrooms were a little more empty and there were a little less time with just, I guess, their traditional sales reps because their sales reps weren't there because they were trying to make room in the showroom. So again, while buyers said that, you know, obviously it's a lot harder when a couple of your main guys aren't there, it's nice to take the time to get to know things. I heard folks say that they've been into showrooms this market that they hadn't been into in six or seven years Mm. simply because they had the time. Right, right. Yeah, very encouraging. Lots of value at this market, I think, um, from lots of different angles. So, um, you know, Thomas Lester, I totally get what you said, Satya said about new. And I actually 
agree with that in so many ways. But yet, we haven't been to a full market in a long time. And pretty much when you do go into these showrooms, what do people take you to? The, the new, right? What's new? So I do want to talk a little bit about what we saw that was new, um, whether it be new collections, designer collaborations, or a new showroom. So, um, Addie, I would love to start with you and just, you know, something that, you know, blew your mind. Um, I think guess the season and outdoor, the big story was really Universal's big collection launch. They're more geared towards kind of the designer in like a lot of their furnishings. So for specialty outdoor retailers, it's maybe not as big of a hit, but the styles that Universal hit on with these collections and these introductions, I guess, was kind of the big deal there. You know, for a first time, they really hit on a lot of higher end stuff that maybe other folks haven't gotten to. A lot of fully upholstered things, a lot of translations from their indoor looks outdoors, and just a ton of really great material selections. They did not just roll out, you know, some poly wicker and call it a day. There was teak, there was cast cement. Again, there was fully upholstered pieces, flip covered pieces. I mean, everything. And on the same hand, there were a lot of folks that just had new outdoor stuff aftermarket. I found out that MT Company had launched their own, including fully upholstered pieces, which kind of falls in line with what we've seen in the outdoor category for the last couple of years with Bernhardt's introductions, which again, were direct translations of their indoor stuff. Um, Bassett's new outdoor stuff for their retailers worked out fantastic in the same way too. And Lillian August outdoor collections took a very similar mood. That was a big deal. And I guess outdoor, a big thing right now is again, that kind of fully upholstered soft look. Folks are spending a lot more time outdoors, which means that they want that comfort. So on the, again, on the more designer side, Kanoa released something called a Sacco. It's actually been around for about six months. But like you said, new is kind of relative in a place where we haven't had markets in about a year at this point. So again, it was all about soft stories. People want to be able to lounge outside. And folks are also trying to find some solutions to using their outdoor spaces for longer. So a lot of talk about compatibility with heated things, like you can keep this under a heat lamp, or we are looking at rolling out new fire pits and things like that because folks want to extend their outdoor season. I just actually heard um, on some news report that outdoor heaters right now, you know how when we first, when COVID first started, certain things where you couldn't get them. So right now, outdoor heaters are like, ah, nobody can find yeah. But um, I'm like, didn't you guess that? Didn't somebody <laughs> see that coming? Restaurants? Anyway. Yeah, well, and that's a large part of why actually, you know, a lot of our dealers have turned into almost like hospitality and commercial manufacturers because you've got tons of restaurants right now that are seeking out outdoor seating in ways that they haven't had before because, you know, maybe their city is closing down a block to let them host people outside. And in the same hand, you know, the CDC just released their guidelines for Thanksgiving. And a big conversation a lot of the retailers were having was in those CDC guidelines, it literally says like, maybe have Thanksgiving outside this year. So people are looking for dining. And I mean, this season really hasn't stopped for our outdoor folks. Whereas traditionally by now, we're really slowing down and looking more kind of at you know, football and grilling stuff and things like that. Yeah. Wow. That's great, Addie. Thank you so much. Powell, um, tell me what you saw in the world of upholstery. What was kind of lighting you up this market? A couple of things uh, that were really interesting to me was uh, the, and we're going to talk about the high end here a little bit, the ongoing penetration of and quality of performance fabrics. 
Um, and it's it's all about comfort and utility. And um, it, we're only talking companies like Vanguard, Taylor King, um, Century, EJ Victor. They are really growing that segment of their business. And along with that, we're speaking of comfort and cocooning these days. Um, the sectional movement that had been, you know, really, really hot at mass, be kind of more middle market prices at the, at the high end. You're seeing lots and lots of activity on that. Really big, nice furniture, but also with the performance, you know, the whole family can sit on it. Um, I know Century um, struck me with their um, um, introduction of their great room collection. Now, this does have um, associated chairs and chaises and things like that. There's a big emphasis on um, sectionals, um, big, deep seating. Lots of, um, um, uh, I think at Vanguard, they're offering different options on the seat depth, um, different levels of, um, of firmness for the cushioning. You know, people can really tailor these these places not only to their spaces, but their comfort level. These products, I mean. Um, also, um, Jonathan Charles, um, they're kind of known for case goods and accents. But the last um, starting with April, which, as we all know, didn't happen and moving on into this market with another new collection, they're really expanding their assortment of upholstery um, to create more of a whole home atmosphere in their showroom. Um, they've got um, they've got a really good partnership um, with uh, with Markhorn, um to where they're getting the quality level they want, and they are um, they are looking to bring that in and stock it here. Um, so it's it's there was a lot of a comfort and performance were the big stories I saw at that high end. I, I want to just um, tag along on that and mention two things: one on the performance. Uh, level and I did a video with Krypton about this, but at John Richard, and it kind of reminded me of Jonathan Charles a little bit. John Richard was never like full on, you know, let's do upholstery. They were more accent all the time, and so they they launched the JR Signature Collection designed by Christine Rendino, and all the body cloths on this curated program, it's an option program, are Krypton and. It was the first time that the Krypton people saw their fabrics used in such a glammy way, you know, because Jonathan, um, ah, John Richard, like all these men's names for furniture, um, John Richard, they do so much with gems and things like that. So it was very interesting. And then the other thing, when you were talking about sectionals and, you know, modulars and everything, um, I love how Vanguard and Norwalk are now doing the upholstered arms in between to really break up so that, you know, we're all spending more time together at home, but we can kind of separate ourselves. So I really love the sort of like Lego aspect or of the, of modular seating. One, one last thing, um, you know, just following up on places like Jonathan Charles and John Richard, there is a movement. I, th I think a lot of retailers want to um, do more business with fewer vendors and a lot of these vendors are looking, yeah, that's what's behind this whole home thing. Um, you know, at, at more middle price, middle and upper middle price points, Universal's expansion into upholstery, especially with their new domestic custom component, they're signing a lot of new business with that. And I think you're going to see, you know, you're going to see a lot more of that in the next year 
whether that's through acquisition or expansion, um, you know, vendors looking to become more important to more of their customers. Yeah, sort of a one-stop. Um, we can help you with a lot of things. Tom Russell, let's let's stay on furniture and talk about case goods. Yeah, you know, it's funny, this conversation about performance fabrics, almost everywhere you go that has dining, whether it be formal dining or casual dining, there's always one of the first thing they mention, or pretty close to the top is the performance fabrics on the seats, um, on the chairs, dining chairs. So that's becoming even more important kind of on the wood side, ironically. Um, but, uh, you know, so to, to Addie's point, you know, Universal's outdoor line looked terrific, but I want to touch on its modern farmhouse, which Powell actually wrote about at market in one of the daily. And, and really, we were seeing this sort of kind of farmhouse casual mixed in with real clean line, contemporary, contemporized forms. Um, and, you know, we saw that at Vanguard's with their... Um, Timber collection, uh, bedroom, dining room pieces, um, but also at uh, Lexington Home Brands with the new Barclay Butera. I thought the way they melded um, the lifestyles of Carmel, you know, with the Carmel collection in Park City, Utah, for this mountain modern look really nailed it, you know, in terms of having this sort of juxtaposition of the two styles and kind of making it work. And, and pal, you were over there too and noticed, you know, they're pretty much the same pieces in, in both Park City and uh, Carmel, but they were made to look totally different with the finishes, the material stories, the fabrics. So they were really like seeing two new collections as was, um, you know, the Surfrider and Sundance collections at Hooker Furniture, here you saw much, almost one of the more most casualized looks that they brought to market um, with the use of different like natural materials like rope, jute rope, and, and all sorts of woven materials. It was like, didn't really think it was you were at Hooker Furniture because they're so, um, you know, got totally different style on this, but this brought sort of a casual feel to there. But but so did Cascade too. I mean, that was kind of a mix of modern and kind of casual contemporary forms with the drier finishes. Again, the drier finishes continue to be hot and popular. Yeah. The one last thing I'll mention is home office. I, we I don't know if we want to get to different categories later. But home office was huge. Resources that haven't been in it in a long time, like Intercon, got back into it. Joffran entered it for the first time. Standard entered it for the first time. Bernhardt got into it. Um, a America for the first time. So I could go on and on, but it's it's huge. And um, people are expecting to do well moving forward. Powell. Yeah. yeah, Tom, you hit on something pretty important, I think, moving forward with these collections, like at Lexington Hooker that you mentioned. Yeah. And that is skew discipline on the part of the, on the, part of the manufacturers. Um, yeah. They are making this thing, these things a lot simpler to shop and a lot easier to produce by doing that. You know, time was, Lexington would come out with a collection and have 100 SKUs. You know, yeah. But they were able to get the, the variation in look 
in the in the variation in total environment with the same with the limited number of pieces, and that makes a lot of sense moving forward. It doesn't overwhelm the consumer or the retailer, or or the manufacturer for that matter, too. Yes, exactly. Thomas Lester, I'm excited to hear about your take on some of the new things that you saw at market. Oh, sure. Well, first off, um, it, it wasn't exactly a new introduction, but I love the new layout of the new showroom at uh, Moe's Home Collection. Totally. Oh, yeah. I, the collections just got to breathe so much better. You know, it was so open. Um, you know, just such an elegant layout. I They really knocked it out of the park there. I agree. Um, as far as newness goes, you know, every market, you can tell what Global View's big deal is, you know, by that one spot there in the corner. Mm. You know, it, it's not really big enough to really go full on display, but they can they can dedicate it to something. And this time they use that space to introduce and this was an entirely new product offering for them they got into original wall art so you know i I got to talking to to david gebhardt about that and the backstory of it's really interesting i just wrote about it and posted it um, on the home accents today page but um long story short they were um merchandising for their catalog last summer and they had these spots on the walls that they needed to fill so they they just put some art together and their customers said, Oh, wow, this is great. Are you selling this? And, you know, that just sort of developed into that aha moment for them. So they came out with seven pieces at this market and um, they said the reaction was really, really good. And also staying there, they introduced their first, you know, um, pieces with Ashley Childers at this market and you know Ashley walked me through it and you know there's you know there's accent furniture there's lighting there's some really great oversized mirrors there were a couple of pedestals that had storage inside of them so you know you can you can use it to display something really great and then you can use the inside of it you know for for whatever Else, you know, so for small home living, you know, apartments in a big city where space is at a premium, yeah, that just becomes a smart solution. I didn't see that piece. I'm bummed. And I didn't see that (laughs) bums me out. I went there a little bit late, but carry on. (laughs) Um, Another thing that really caught my eye was um, over at uh, Curry and Company, they had... um, and I, I don't know if you saw this too, their multi-drop lighting. Yeah. Brownlee made it a point to take me over there and show you know, the different lighting you know, options that they had. Um, you know, it could be as few as one you know, pendant on there, or it could be, oh, I, I don't want to misspeak here, but it could be several. <laughs> so, but... Um, you know, and it, it it was set up to where the um, the designer, the retailer could adjust the different heights easily. So, you know, it was, it was a really that was a really smart solution, I thought. 
So one canopy and multiple pendants, one or two. I, I don't remember exactly the number either of right. you can get on a canopy, but yeah, and all different sorts of shades and you know, organic and metallic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also was really impressed by the uh, the latest introductions from uh, Hooker's Melange collection. You know, this was their 10th anniversary of that particular collection. So they went all out there. You know, there were some uh, really, really um, you know nice textures on some of the um, you know, accent cabinets and things like that. So um, let's see. What Addie, Addie and I. Um, we have a date every market. We do melange together and the whole <laughs> group of companies. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I always love that melange. Um, we And I loved um, that mirror that they had on the wall that had the two pullouts for storage. Mm -hmm. They always have some pieces that do double duty. Um, right. And I just felt like there was that um, console that almost looked like ice. It, it um, oh, yeah. was like another of pearl veneer and a staggered leg it was very beautiful mm -hmm. and um over at cheryl they had this one really really cool accent table that looked like a honeycomb pattern mm -hmm. yes so, I, I like that one too and they put mm -hmm. it next to a chair that had uh, like a diagonal stripe and sort of the mm -hmm. same use. so it looked really it looked really neat that sort of patchwork i feel like that patchwork or like mosaic cubist sort of um, shapely melange was prevalent. I saw it, felt like I saw it on a, a lamp at Carrie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, I thought, I thought that Sunpan um, did a great job. We all know they had an expanded showroom and part of that was to showcase some of these expanded product categories, but they melded it together with, um, you know, the furniture. So you'd have a living room vignette you know, with the rugs, mm -hmm. the, the, the ceiling lighting, and the wall art. So they really presented the rooms. I think they made the most of their space over there. Carl Lovett was showing me through, and um, it was sort of striking in, in terms of how they set it up. So hats off to them. Was there anything else, Thomas, at this point that you wanted to mention in, in accessories, like rug-wise? Um, yeah, there were there were a few uh, really, really um, interesting things in the rug world. Um, one thing, it was more of a broad loom for now, but they're looking at turning it into um, customizable rugs was um, Killeen had this display. It's everything about the broad loom was 100% natural. So the finishes, the materials, the backing, everything was was all natural materials. And they were saying that that is something that um, I think by the winter markets, they're going to um, also use those capabilities for um, custom rugs. Hey, listeners, it's Jane Dagmy, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. I'm so glad you found our podcast. Did you also know that we print our magazine eight times a year and mail it to your home or office? Yes, interior design professionals can request a complimentary subscription by simply going to designerstoday.com and clicking on the button at the top that says subscribe. It's that simple. And while you're there, if you hit the newsletter tab, you can sign up for our weekly news as well as that of our sister publications. And now back to our show. 
Tom Russell, in terms of wood and case and texture, I was pretty excited with some of the things that I saw, like the dimensionality um, from like Universal's farmhouse, building up those drawers, you know, concentric rectangles. And in Moe's home collection, some of the patterns on the wood fronts, it was very Escher-like. What, what, what did you, you know, think about all that? Or did you well, key into anything? You know, I think we're, we're seeing sort of that geometric, um, you know, aesthetic and, you know, whether it's on drawer fronts or table bases, um, table tops with, with herringbone patterns, for example. But again, it's, it's very, it's very casualized and, and livable. You know, the finishes are largely, you know, unless you're talking about glam looks, which we all know is a totally separate category. Um, and there was there was some good stuff there too, um, but you know it's it's all meant to to realize some people are spending a lot more time at home. You know, it's it's this idea of people want furniture they can live with, and um, these forms, you know, whether they're they're geometric in nature um, or rustic in nature, there's there's some familiarity and comfort level there that it's been kind of designed into, um, into the product. And I wish I could kind of give some more specific examples of this. Um, but um, I think we really saw it all over, even in the home office category, you know, there, there's some desks that, um, whether it's for a, a man or a woman working at home, it's, it's like designed for each of them to kind of be comfortable with and, scaled you know proportionally for whatever size room environment you have scale is is, is key um because a lot of companies realize that people are trying to fit some of this furniture in, in smaller spaces perhaps they just haven't used you know for an office before, for example so there's a lot of thought went into um a lot of the design yeah i just from from a desk point of view and you mentioned it earlier I loved, I mean, Universal came out with um, their work from home space, which was really lovely with the dark walls and everything. And they had a mid-century desk that I, I, if I didn't know it was new, I would have totally thought it was not new. I mean, the proportions were so well done and the tone of the wood was so medium, lovely. Um, Oh, it was just so good. Like a really beautiful (laughs) walnut tone. So um, I, I was fantasizing about where I would do our magazine from, you know, what desk <laughs> to write for designers today. Um, yes. <laughs> had a lot of <laughs> dreaming around market this time. Um, um, Thomas Lester, as far as that sort of organic, mm-hmm. I felt like organic was a big word in, in accessories and Accent mm-hmm. and also mixed with like a little bit of glam, you know, like sort of like, oh, here's something rustic, and then here's gold right next to it. Did you uh, I, like the Phillips Lava Console? Did you see that piece? I did, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think you know, you you nailed it there. <laughs> Just like that was, I didn't even know. I, th- I guess it was polished stainless on one side, and then this black, rough. Mm. lava stone on the other side I, I couldn't even tell because the polished stainless was so shiny right yeah where, like I couldn't even tell where I was looking it's like I could have put my hand through it you know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, you know, just so much play on those contrasts like that, you know, you with, you know, the sort of the, the rough look and the rough feel paired with something smooth and polished and, you know, then going into the, the textiles, you know, you had, you know, a lot of these warm sweater qualities, you know, there was, you know, a little bit of shimmer in there, you know, to give it that, um, that elevated look, but yeah, there you saw a whole lot of looks that tended to evoke a sense of warmth, a sense of comfort, because, you know, right now that's really important, you know, with people, you know, with so much uncertainty in the world today, you know, people tend to retreat inward and, you know, they want to surround themselves by things that make them feel good. Yep. Yeah. That that juxtaposition in those mixed metals. Um, like didn't didn't you feel like um Tom Russell, like almost every coffee table or so many dining tables had like a racing stripe of metal down them or interior like an interior bezel of of metal highlighted around wood? I mean it was sometimes even three materials, you know. Yeah, they like to have that again, and I think as Thomas pointed out, it's it's really kind of a contrast, studying contrast too. One of the more interesting showrooms we went to, and this is a pre-market, was our Bernhardt Interiors, and the they're they're certainly known um, and respected for their use of metals, German silver, and things like that. But this market, they took a more almost, I don't want to say rustic approach, but wood, wood-centric approach um, that gave it the, the base, sort of a more rustic feel than we've seen from Bernhardt Interiors. Very pronounced wood story there. But, but again, yeah, you saw, um, obviously, they're mixed media throughout, whether it's uh, metal and glass. Um, stone is is also pronounced, but the wood story there, this market at Bernard Interiors, was very pronounced and and dramatic and beautiful. Yeah, um, Addie, I feel like in outdoor sometimes, you know, the technology of it, the performance of it, is is so important, and not not all materials can live up to that, you know. But did you find sort of the same? Or, or similar strands of organic and cozy and outdoor? Yes, I think, uh, I think and a trend that's kind of been going on for years now in outdoors, and I guess kind of coming to a head as we do push more outside in our day-to-day lives, coronavirus, that people are experimenting a lot more with those materials. Obviously, it takes a little bit of time with development. Like, for example, Lily and August outdoor set this year round, I mean, some of the examples of what they were able to do with, you know, some gold and some silver finishes that, again, were translations of finishes they were able to do indoors. I had an interview with Dax over there, and he talked about the fact that it, it did take them a while to get to it, to get it just right to work outdoors, but that it was important to bring, again, kind of those more glamorous elements and also that comfort factor with their upholstery outdoors. So it takes a little while, but I mean, it's very similar um, for example, Kanoa Sacco, I mean, it's it's literally an outdoor bean bag that's done in kind of a more high style. It's got some interesting color backing using two layers of fabric. Folks are looking to be really comfortable right now. But at the same time, I think outdoor has like a has a natural communion with nature because, I mean, it's furniture outdoors. So looking again at kind of those neutrals and 
I guess with materials wise, obviously you think of teak, you think of stone outdoors, but they're doing some really interesting things again with those more natural metals and things like that. So yes, I think in many ways, outdoor and indoor are reflecting a lot, a lot more frequently than we've seen. Usually outdoors, I guess a year or two behind in those indoor trends. But again, COVID has really sped that up for the outdoors. I um sometimes when it says outdoor, I, I really want to double check it. I'm like, really? This is outdoor. And especially at Lillian, yeah, it was like, gosh, this just doesn't look it. Yeah. I didn't personally, I didn't really do much in the indoor in the indoor outdoor rug category. Is that still a hot category? I think that outdoor indoor rugs are maybe a little slower to move just because there's a lot of demands on outdoor rugs. Obviously, just like with performance fabrics, you know, like umbrella that can go indoors and out. It's come a long way in the last couple of years. But rug looks, people are, again, just like they with the performance fabrics, are looking for more of that hand. I think when you think of outdoor rugs, oftentimes, at least I do, I think of like, you know, that kind of like flat, big lots right. sort of thing. But just like with, you know, your pillows, your fabrics, folks are looking for things that feel, you know, more like linens that have more of a pile on it and things like that. Right. Thomas, did you, I mean, did you notice? Mm -hmm. And um, this was, you know, specifically Harunian Rugs International. You know, they, they say that their, their Sunbrella rugs, you know, they, they can't keep them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're just um, rolling them, you know, just out and out and out and out. So, you know, that has definitely been a home run for them. So, you know, they, they put, um, you know, the, that style element on them as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, it's not your, it's not what you expect from an indoor outdoor rug. Right. Yeah. And from a consumer view, I mean, I think the indoor outdoor rug, people are taking that a lot more literally nowadays. Again, whereas maybe a few years ago when the technology wasn't there, you would never think of putting your outdoor rug inside. Lots Mm -hmm. of people are, I mean, just coming from a consumer perspective, I can't tell you how many like, little like design tip videos I've seen on like TikTok and things that are like, you know, you can take your indoor pillows or your outdoor pillows inside. And then it's just a video of like someone pouring water on like a sunbrella pillow. And they're like, wow. (laughs) And I mean, they're doing the same thing with rugs. People are like, this is good for dogs. And I'm like, this is something people have been trying to promote. I think on that indoor outdoor side from the manufacturer perspective that people are really starting to jump on with. How I have a question because I know you've always sort of tracked motion in terms of upholstery. And from a designer perspective, motion has not always been like a favorite category because, right, traditionally and still today, it just doesn't look that great. Um, you know, it's hard to place unless you're doing a man cave. And But what are some innovations in, in motion? Okay, well, Bunny, you should mention that. Um, I am seeing some activity there um, at the high end. Um, I was at Vanguard, and they, in their Michael Weiss collection, they put together what they call a reinvented recliner. Um, This is a manual. I think it's available in power, too, maybe, but it's manual for the most part. And the deal is, a lot of people, especially at the high end, do not like motion because, especially power motion, because you have wires, you have batteries, and it doesn't really look like what they want it to look like. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. Um, these uh, recliners at Vanguard, though, they're very nice looking um, 
you know, it's, they're, they're a nice occasional chair, um, usually in leather or fabric, that can go with the Vanguard upholstery. Um, these are off the floor. They don't have the look of a recliner, but they have a really nice um, uh, mechanism. Uh, it's one of the better manual mechanisms I've seen. There's a lot more flexibility in terms of the range. But again, it's, um, it's just a nice looking chair. Um, I think the, we're, that's always a little bit of a push-pull, especially when you get into the high end. But um, people like that, people like Braddington Young are making some real strides in making motion that doesn't look like motion. Even, even down at um, you know, more um, um, middle market product like Southern Motion, they've done a lot with um, um, their, I can't remember the name of the collection, but it's sofas and chairs that do look, they have a, they're off the floor, have a stationary look. But the mechanisms in motion just keep getting better and better, and I don't I don't, I don't see any reason why it's not going to have some more penetration at higher price points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went. Addie and I did our Bradenton Young. I I have to say, in terms of motion, and this might be very old fashioned, but at Moe's there was a rocking chair and uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> old fashioned motion, but still, or I should say, motion. Um, but I was, uh, I was like, whoa, you don't see that very often. But that to me was like that sort of nostalgic familiarity. And like like Thomas Lester said earlier, when I walked into that showroom and, you know, there were a couple companies that traditionally I would expect a certain look. Like in Moe's, I kind of expect this kind of young industrial vibe, just like also in Revelation. Um, when I walk in, it's kind of a lot of medium to dark woods and the sort of like you think restaurant in the Midwest, you know, reclaim lumber, but both at Moe's and and Revelation, the whole just palette was like um, spa-like almost, you know, I mean, Moe's was so, there was so much white and naturals. It felt very, it felt like a different company in a way to me, you know, um, did you did you walk into any showrooms and just think, wow, this is like a not a 360, but I love the change. Oh well, the one that really struck me was Flex Steel. Um, they made an effort to real they totally redid their entrance um in their um commerce wing showroom. And I was talking with Ron Hernandez, their marketing um executive, and he was telling me that for a long time they had just put out whatever the lobby. Um, you know, maybe some some of their older stuff, you know, things that just, you know, were just kind of there, just something to sit down. What they've done is taken exciting, newer, best-selling product and just completely merchandise that entrance to their showroom. So while people are waiting to come in for their appointments, uh, they're actually looking at some furniture they might want to buy. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's good. Anybody else like first impressions? Just like wow. Well, you know, I, I think it's always kind of fun to go in Ashley showroom because you never really know what they're gonna kind of come up with or highlight. Powell and I were there at pre market, and I went back um, right at market as well. And you know, the front and center of their space was their RTA line, which is an emerging um, area of business for them, and. Um, 
you know, as Pal can attest, there was a lot of kind of fun, um, cool looking youth product, you know, like PP tent beds, lodge type of beds, kind of cute little toddler beds that were really low to the fall floor. So if the child falls out of the bed, you know, they're not going to be injured or anything, you know, it's, it's just a very gentle roll onto the floor sort of thing. <laughs> but, but, you know, as I think, pal, you probably noticed too there, the, the showroom had a nice flow to it. Thomas Lester, what did you think about Carrie's black and white blowing out Kelly O'Neill murals? Oh yeah, those were, <laughs> those, those were, were definitely great. You know, it's just like, wow. Yeah, that's just so eye-catching, so get your attention. And, you know, a lot of this market, you know, it was about, you know, creating that sort of inspiration, you know. You know, the retailers, the designers, they might not have been ordering a whole lot of new, you know. Yeah, they might have been going after the hits, so to speak. But, you know, it's still getting that inspiration, seeing things positioned well, you know. Really, really nice vignettes. Um, you know, a couple of examples that I saw, um, Howard Elliott, you know, they had a couple of really, really well done vignettes. Uh, you know, I was talking to uh, Colleen there on Monday and she said, you know, numerous times people would just be walking by the showroom. You know, they had that one vignette there, you know, by the, the hallway entrance. She said people would just stop and, you know, just take a picture, you know, just... <laughs> Dark walls and the colorful mirrors and the big mm-hmm. painting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really thought that the um, entryway to Cristorama's uh, new space was really well done with the wallpaper, with several of their um, lighting fixtures. You know, I thought that was a really good attention getter as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Addie, I mean, when you walked into Universal and saw how they had transformed that like blank space, felt like I was at a resort. I was going to say, updating the whole space with a full-on water feature is not a bad way to kick off your outdoor line. <laughs> um, speaking of new spaces, I mean, Summer Classics and Gabby's new showroom space, absolutely beautiful. It does a much better job, I think, than their old space of just, you know, showcasing kind of the breadth of what they have, especially their outdoor side. Um, and Valdez Weavers, although they're not officially kicking off their fabric showroom just yet, they're waiting for showtime to do that. The new space is absolutely beautiful. And I think really fits kind of their move towards a more high fashion and things like that. And again, they offer so many different lines and brands. A space that large really fits well for them. Yeah, I I um, thought that space was incredible. I had to really restrain myself from not taking pictures because I know it's not their official launch. They're waiting for showtime. Um, but I'm so glad that you mentioned Gabby and Summer Classics because the takeover of Stanford Furniture and what they did to the inside is amazing. And <clears throat> that's a place I would have loved to have moved in. A couple other, I mean, let's just, uh, let's in, in the last five minutes, just toss out a couple other things that, that I haven't asked you about that you thought was really stellar, you know, um, that people should follow up with, you know, whether they're buying the line or designers who are, you know, buying into and buying certain pieces. Like I, I'm going to start with um, one, I thought Caracol's uh, new modern European collection was so good. Um, they, the use of materials from smoky mirror to 
painted techniques to this digital printing of what they called spalted maple mixed up with upholstery it was just it was a really sleek cool line as um was going to theodore alexander i mean i love to see what alexa hampton is doing because there you are going into a fully decorated like high end space um and she did not disappoint um the only disappointment was that i didn't get to see her in person um but um some beautiful Egyptian motifs and, and fabrics with birds. And um, I'm just going to say two more. Of course, the um, Ralph Lauren introduction of Ralph Lauren. And Tom Russell, I know you interviewed Neil um, at the news desk, but that leather bed, just oh, yeah. holstered leather bed was killer. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And then um, and then a small company that I just, that two companies, well, Thomas Lester, I'm going to let you talk. I would love you to mention who you did a news desk with. I'm not going to mention her. You do that. But I'm going to mention um, Van Collier, who's in Market Square and a company out of North Carolina and just really unusual, beautiful pieces, thoughtfully done. We had a piece in our October roundup, this tiny little console table that just fits in the most diminutive spaces. And what I also loved... um, was, you know, while the colors were very warm and soft at market, she had this, um, Beth Van Collier had this Eve Klein blue. Oh my gosh. And that is just that piercing blue. So um, there's so much to talk about, actually. I'm going to, but I'm going to button my lips now and let somebody else go. So um, ladies first, Addie. I was really impressed by some of the rollouts from Couture Jardin this time. They were one of the few outdoor folks who, we're still at market this time around an inner hall. And they had this collection called Cuddle, which I think is really fitting again for that kind of textural idea that people were really running with this market. And it had this, this beautiful half moon shapes to the Ottomans, which while a really simple update, I don't know, I mean, it, it made a completely different look at this beautiful high density poly rope weave on the back alongside these great connecting tables to kind of create sectionals with spacers in them that were made with this beautiful, I mean, I didn't even know it wasn't real. Granted, whenever I first walked up to it, it's just, it's finished glass top. And it was, I mean, it was beautiful. And it was just simple things like that that really made that collection stick out for me. Um, in addition to some outdoor lighting folks, um, Copper Lighting Co. really, really came with it this market in first colors. They do really traditional kind of settings and things like that for their pieces, but they were really pushing a color story this time, which was interesting, I think, especially on the outdoor lighting side. I wish outdoor lighting got more attention than it does, especially on that kind of more contemporary front. I think when you think of outdoor lighting, you you think like sconces or like maybe like a camp themed sconce. And while those two things are great, it was nice to see something more modern. Great. Thank you. Um, Thomas Lester. Yes. Well, um, I believe you were referring to uh, Susan Koenig and Be Outspoken. Yes. And for those who aren't familiar, she specializes in these and has a, a painting process that puts inspirational and empowering messages on them. And, you know, her space over in the salon in the suites of Market Square, I, you couldn't help but feel good after you spend a few minutes over there, you know, just, you know, you know, she's got that effervescent personality to begin with. And then you go over and you look at some of the product and you're just like, wow. Yeah. This, uh, 
yeah, it's yeah, and she's the first to admit that you know it, it's kind of niche, but um, if you fit the niche, you know, I, I really think that that was a home run for her. And also, um, the uh, Jill Seal collaboration with Port sixty eight, you know, a lot of fun things there. You know, there were some prints, there were some uh, benches. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see you know her point of view translate onto uh, you know some different products like that as well. Yes, I agree. And and Jill is such a wonderful person, human being. So it's lovely to see. Mm-hmm. Powell. Well, I'm going to um, talk about something besides product. What really excited me is more in the realm of ideas. Um, we had talked about people figuring out new ways to do business. And I think, um, you know, we, I mentioned the um, High Point by Design effort um, to bring designers to High Point year-round. Um, this first Tuesday um, initiative that was spearheaded by Manwa already has a couple of people on board. I know... Um, Blake Steele just got an email that Home Insights is in. And I think um, if they can build a kind of a critical mass of, of, of exhibitors, we'll be seeing people coming in to talk business and product development um, throughout the year. This is going to help smooth the product development cycle. It's going to help get product to market faster, getting that feedback from retailers early on, get production in line. I think it's a great move. That's that's awesome. Thank you. I want to find out more about First Tuesday. Thomas, Tom Russell, what you got? Yeah, um, I think to Pal's point, I think some of these ideas kind of came across too, where the uh, high point by design and the First Tuesday came up at the market authority meeting as as a way to kind of not not replace or displace market, but to kind of supplement to add to the mix and some of the excitement that High Point brings to the table. And collectively, I think if they're able to kind of collect data, which they're working with the organizers of these events, to be able to kind of collect some data on who's coming in and the attendance so they can combine that with market, it makes kind of a powerful statement to, um, to the state officials, to the local officials that help fund this event um, that this is this is important. This is real, and and I think Tom Conley's point yesterday at the meeting, um, you know, the, the the basically the three pillars or principles that the market was founded on: product, networking, and education. And really, you kind of need you can do some of this stuff virtually, but it doesn't beat the real thing, which is being here in person, face to face with everybody. Pal, you're gonna add. Yeah. I would just, um, you mentioned Tom Conley, and I would like to give a big tip of the hat to Tom Conley for being forward-thinking enough to be receptive to these kinds of ideas. I have a hard time imagining 20 years ago the powers that be at High Point Market um, being open-minded enough to say, yeah, let's give this a try. Yeah, no, I um, gave to Tom and his entire team, right, because... I mean, this market, you know, I, I, I long to go outside and rip off my mask every few hours, but I thought it was great. I, I got a lot done and, um, and obviously you did too. And I know, I know that we could go on because I'm realizing all the different things that I didn't talk about, but we've got, we've got digital, we've got magazines and it's all going to go in there, 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Thanks for putting this together, Jane. And oh, yeah. Wanted, we ought to do it more often. Great I idea. Agree. I totally yeah. agree. Um, let's make a habit of this. We'll figure it out, okay? All right. Thank you. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See y'all. Hi, y'all. Sounds good. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know Zoom audio is not the best ever, but I felt strongly about getting together with my colleagues who I rarely see these days. Alas, we touched upon a lot, but clearly not everything. On all of our respective digital channels and in our magazines, we will be continually telling the story of fall 2020 High Point Market. A big thank you to the High Point Market Authority, IMC, the vendors who opened their showrooms, the designers and buyers who came, the Wake Forest medical staff who screened us each morning, and all the hired hands spraying disinfectant everywhere. It was a market for the books, that's for sure. I'll see you in April, if not before, and thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Said. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.